Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we're making this a drinking game. Any negative criticism about a film is absolutely allowed, but you will be called out for it, and you will have to take a drink every time. And that does not just go for us here recording the pod. That goes for you at home. We know you don't have anywhere to go or anywhere to be. We know your liquor cabinet is better stocked than your toilet paper cabinet. So go ahead. Every time you hear this buzzer, go ahead and take a drink with us. Let's have some fun. All right, so pour yourself a glass or seven. Join us, give it up for the films we love and perhaps some that need some love. Uh, Jeff, what are we doing? We're we're, we're seven episodes in. What's going on? That's right. We are in our fourth episode of our Corona franchise face-off. We decided when the coronavirus started to take off. uh, And we all, by the way, we used to record these podcasts in person. We have all split John is in North Carolina right now. I am actually in Syracuse, New York, and Dave is still in Manhattan, slumming it yes, I am. in the epicenter I'm of the hanging pandemic. In there. Also, by the way, a little um, audio note. My audio is not as pristine as usual because when I fled the city, my fancy microphone did not come with me. So uh, I am not recording on the proper hardware. I do apologize. <laughs> First drink of the pod. All right. So anyway, so we decided to rank our 16... I guess favorite, but 16 uh, trilogies or franchises that we wanted to take a look at. I know that a lot of people that I've been talking to, um, because we have a lot of time, nobody's commuting anywhere to spend some time watching full series as opposed to um, just single movies. And obviously no new movies are coming out. So we ranked 16 trilogies or series, one through 16. As of right now, our three top seeds have advanced. That would be the Lord of the Rings trilogy, our top seed, did pass over the Cornetto trilogy. Then the Godfather trilogy passed on, passed on, wow, they passed on, R.I.P., no. (laughs) The Godfather, our second seed, beat uh, the Austin Powers series. And last week, in a very, very contentious very contentious episode where we made an absolute fool of ourselves available on Spotify <laughs> and iTunes. We talked about Star Wars and the Fast and the Furious. Somehow, even though we only said negative things about Star Wars and only positive things about the Fast and the Furious, our three seed Star Wars advanced. So today we have our four seed and our 13 seed. But before we introduce those, let's kick it back to John for some shout outs. All right. As usual, we have our our beer sponsor. Once again, he's not with us, but he is with us in spirit. He has been sending us some amazing videos of all the brews he made for us. He has a really good stout IPA that I'm very upset that I can't be drinking right now. His name is Carlos Barroso. Give him a follow at follow follow at C Barroso Bar. Don't follow him. Yeah, I've already. I'm <laughs> drinking. I'm sorry. That is C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. Give him a follow and. And as always, the music is provided by the artist Dasein. All the music on this episode. Find him at soundcloud.com backslash Dasein. That's D-A-S-E-I-N dash artist. Okay. Let's fucking jump into it, dude. Woo! Did you guys prepare right. for this week? This, Were you feeling... This is, this, is, this is the contest that dare not speak its name. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited. All right. So our four seed... Ooh. Which I'm actually kind of proud of us for putting this as high as we did. Not that it doesn't deserve it. It has the highest combined ranking on Rotten Tomatoes by 
fucking far. Like, like I can't even. Have you guys, did you guys look at the Rotten Tomatoes for our four seed? I'm looking at it now, nope. dude, it's crazy. All right, so our four seed is the Toy Story. Um, what, what do you call four movies? Me. The Toy Story Saga. And oh my gosh, the first two movies, 1995, Toy Story 1, 1999, Toy Story 2, the first two movies, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Toy Story 3, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Toy Story 4, you know, it's really hard to hang. It's really hard to hang after that setup. So it's slumming at a 97 that is right. They are averaging a, a 99, the four oh fucking Toy God, Story movies. Dude. Oh, um, my yeah. God. So we're going to start talking about our top seed, as always, which is Toy Story. And then in a little bit, we'll talk about John Wick, which, by the way, was awesome and exciting. And I don't even want to say too much other than I'm not going to get buzzed a lot. We, we might have to open up the parameters for getting buzzed because these two series <laughs> have brought me so much joy. On this Easter week, waking up Easter morning and rewatching John Wick 3 was really fucking fun. Um who wants to who wants to get us started with Toy Story? Um, John, Dave? I'll throw this out there. I was thinking about this all week. I think it's really cool that, you know, it makes sense. There's so much money behind these kinds of franchises. So I guess I wasn't shocked when I realized this, but every week so far, we have been talking at least one of the franchises in our conversation for each of these weeks did something very unique technically. They somehow in their own way either started their own, literally, special effects studios and movement like ILM with Star Wars or Weta with Lord of the Rings. Toy Story is no different. I remember being a young person and hearing, you know, how every now and then you would hear just, you know, before the internet really was popular. So every now and then you would hear word of mouth about this company called Pixar that was starting. And I remember when they first released that short with the lamp. I can't remember what movie it was in mm. front of, but it was in front of some Disney movie. And I remember having seen that animation for the first time. I remember learning that it took them 12 years to, to develop technology and make Toy Story. It was, I think it's a 12 year window. And um, yeah, it was originally bought by Apple, actually. Yeah, Steve um, Jobs. And Tim, yeah, Steve Jobs and that, and that guy. Um, basically, uh, funnily enough, uh, today, um, Ed Catmull and Pat Hanrahan, who were two of the guys who developed the very first Pixar software uh, and the RenderMan render engine, which is now used in feature films the world over, um, won the Turing Award. Holy shit. For a contribution to... And those guys worked, basically They worked at ILM, didn't they? They... Um, I'm not sure if they worked at ILM, but they developed the engine that Pixar now uses to oh render all this stuff. Yeah, I remember George Lucas saying when he decided to sell it, that he basically said, I just don't have as much use for this kind of animation. It wasn't the CGI that he was interested in creating for his live action stuff. Yeah. And Steve Jobs swept in. I, I've, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm basically just reminiscing on that, uh, that great documentary that came out last year about the history of Pixar and just kind of walks you through the birth and everything. What's his name? Who's the, who's the guy who directed the first Toy Story? Was like John Lasseter. Yeah, I mean, him making the Brave Little Toaster, coming up as one of the last mm -hmm. generations of animators at Disney Studios. So he definitely has his roots where you think they should be. It's not like this; these people came out of a vacuum. They came out of the institutions that gave us all of the great animation beforehand. They definitely came from uh, ILM as well. So there's a lot of... It's a perfect melding of artistry, animation, and new technology. And they were right on the precipice and they pushed it forward. And it's just so exciting 
that Toy Story was their first feature length and it still holds up. It might, I know for sure it's some people's favorite Pixar movie still. And they've made nothing oh, but yeah. great movies. <laughs> Think about this. So here are the writing credits. And it's always funny with animated movies because there's always 25 writers on these movies. And, and you know what I mean? Listen to who they have. This is 1995 for Toy Story 1, which was years in development, right? This is the first CGI movie. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Um, for the first CGI animated film, right? Fully CGI. Yeah. Joss Feature, Whedon. Length, yeah. Joss Whedon, yeah. right? Uh-huh. 1995. Joel, Joel, Joel Cohen. Joel Cohen. What is he Joel doing? Joel Cohen. Oh, my and God. So, so they have these these future legends, of course. And then you have somebody like Pete Docter who wrote Inside Out. And yeah. he's been in the Pixar family and has been a part of a lot of those big movies going on. Um, same thing with Andrew Stanton and Joe Ramp. These guys, Pixar is very incestuous. When you're in the family, you're in the family. So a lot of these guys, including Randy Newman, but um, especially Joe Joe Ramp, they did the Cars series, which, by the yeah. way, gross. That's a multi-billion dollar series. Toy Story is a multi-billion dollar series. They did A Bug's Life. Um, so they've done all a lot of the digital shorts. So we're talking about masters of their craft and Pixar really nurturing talent and also Joel Cohen well what Mississippi Bird like what are the movies that the Cohen brothers had done by 1995 and they're like oh we got a kid story about toys let's get that guy like they just <laughs> recognize talent even the voice actors like Ernest is in this movie Tim Allen who has political stuff going on like they yes Disney has this pristine reputation right and I know this is Pixar but eventually they joined and obviously that was inevitable but this is like they are they feared no evil like they are every anybody who's talented they're willing to like spend some time on a nurture and these stories are so simple all of them are so simple they get everybody involved in a clean cohesive way great callbacks they expand slightly they don't try to outdo themselves like something like i don't know stranger things oh no buzz there goes i'm sorry i'm ranting why don't we kick it over to dave dave what, what do you think i mean I, yeah i'm not gonna get buzz much for this either because like and I, I must admit, I hadn't seen Toy Story 4 yet. And so I fired up a Disney Plus this week and Me I too. went for it. And like, you can look at these and it's literally a history of animation in four movies. Like you can see the technology develop from one to the other. Yeah. And they just get better and better. And that's not even counting the stories. Yeah. Which it's, are wonderful. Yeah. The, the quality is phenomenal. Damn you, Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say about that. It's, it's like it's in, it's in my head and it's never getting out. I did, I, I really dug, I, and I almost didn't need to look it up, but in part four, Ducky and Bunny, mm-hmm. when they added those two, and it's Key and Peele, mm-hmm. and yeah, of course they are Peele. just ridiculously funny. I mean, that fucking in this movie. It's fork, it. dude, Forky, that was so... <laughs> funny dude he is terrifying yeah. and he trash. loves trash like that is so <laughs> fucking funny no, he, it's that guy who plays trash. buster right what's his name he's on veep and he plays buster in arrested development what is that actor's name i got nothing jeff you know what i'm talking about right tony hale it's tony oh, hale I mean, yeah for even, veep yeah. I mean, and again, development. again I, on on in part four uh where he um like at one point woody gets put in the closet and there's four old toys there and they're four absolutely famous comedy actors like Betty White's in that scene yeah one of those is Betty White how do they get away so how do you all right so let's let's get down and dirty with it these movies work like every person who has ever seen these movies knows they work but obviously there is a lot of their cachet is in nostalgia right it's a lot of it is like you're kind of waiting to see all those new 
uh, what new old toy are they going to feature in this in this version? And yet it doesn't sit on mm-hmm. nostalgia. The, the stories that they're telling are stories that could be told in a lot of different vehicles. But I mean, some of, some of that, though, is not nostalgia. It's um, it's like a running gag or a reference. And everybody has cameos. Um, these guys just have the luxury of having items as well as yeah. people. Yeah, because they can like I I've got a there's a section down the bottom that I was going to get to later, but I'll skip ahead to it. Easter eggs fucking everywhere. Yeah, like you can watch these films sixty times and still see something new hidden in the background. Mm-hmm. They put so many stuff in it, like the bookcase in Andy's room in the first film. There's a shelf of books that are all screenplays by John Lasseter. <laughs> <laughs> like every single book behind him is is a screenplay, right up to the original. I think the original name for Toy Story. Um, the carpet from The Shining is recreated in Sid's house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, part two, um, they, right. hold the, almost hold, they almost hold the record for the most Easter eggs displayed in a few seconds. Wow. Um, they, wait. Uh, yeah, I, I tried. I forgot to write a lot of the, Honestly, I was just enjoying these so much that I forgot to write them all down. In Toy Story 1, when Buzz, like, fake flies the first time and he goes up in the air, so it looks like the space mm-hmm. is behind him because you're looking at yep. it from below. They play the 2001 A Space Odyssey theme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, wait, is that one this, or is that in four? Honestly, I watched them all this week, so they're all running together, but that, that was definitely an <laughs> Easter egg that was in there. Um, I mean, part, part two has Star Wars references. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a bowl, um, the Luxo Bowl which was in the movie Luxo Jr. And that has turned up in every single Pixar film ever made. Somewhere in that movie. If you what? want to have some fun, oh, no just way. go through look, go through the, go through the films, look for the Luxo ball. It's in there somewhere. Oh man. That um, is part th- part three. The bin man. The guy in the bin mm. who, you know, who's like emptying the bin is wearing Sid's t shirt from part one. It's Sid grown up. Sid is the big man. You're like, shitting me. Like, there's never all these things that, to look yeah. for. Like, yeah. Yeah, that they build is a universe. so ridiculous. Sure. Do, do, do we know? The, do their I movies mean, cross over? It's not. Do they? Um, well, funnily enough, um, Buzz is in part three. Buzz's back is exposed and you see his batteries. Um, they're yeah. made by the, by and large. Um, it has a B&N logo. It's the same company who made Wally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they all cross over. The gas station is right. the same as the one in Cars. Right. Um, Wally is a ton of these too. A lot like of trash in, is like in, old movies. And also in like the antique store in Part Four, they're everywhere. You could spend a day looking for these things. Oh like yeah. There's the mask from Finding Dory. There's the cookie box from A Bug's Life. The Walker from Up. Oh my um, god. Yeah. The, there's a gu- one of the gum brands they use in Inside Out. There's an ad for a moving company from the original Toy Story. Um, at one point, uh, when they hang the when they hang Buzz up and um, Bunny and Ducky are there, uh, just to the left is the guitar from Coco. Like they're, oh, they're sure. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You can you can spend forever looking for these things. Um, I and that's part of the fun thing for adults too. Yeah. It's like, oh, I saw. I remember that. But I want to talk about that. There's two things that I that really caught me in rewatching this all in a week, which I would recommend for people. They do all run together, but it's also good that it's totally worth it. Even the score, uh, Randy Newman's score is so good. There's a lot of like Wild West themes. Fuck there's you, definitely there's <laughs> there's definitely a play at um, the harmonica guy from is that Once Upon a Time in the West. There's definitely a play at that somewhere. Yeah. Um, there's two things 
first of all, the concept is like every single time I start one of these movies, Chloe would kill me if I didn't talk about this because it's all I was talking about this week. Um, every single time I start, I'm like, they're just fucking toys. Like, Andy, don't bring your doll to college. Like every single time, like that is rooted in my brain. If I saw a toy of mine writing my, a message, like if think about it, if, if a human walked in at any point of this, it's they're they're going to the loony bin for the rest of the time. These they're, they're climbing, <laughs> they're jumping out of windows, they're flying, they're setting off rockets. They are recording like voiceovers for themselves to play later and i i can't help that woody wrote andy a note in toy story 3 if i got a note that said hey jeff and it turned out that it was that, that is literally the premise for chucky and it has tormented people for the last 30 years it's it's the idea of their line. toys and animals coming to <laughs> that fine line that's one of the things that's one of the things that make ducky and the bucky ducky and bunny thing the interlude and that is so funny because you're like, whoa, they just totally broke the wall. That ending, that that little yeah. epilogue section is so funny. Because it's almost it's yeah. almost like they realize exactly what you've been saying and they're like, all right, let's make they, some of that. They sort of say they sort of say four for me because again for I was like why we keep saying at least you know what actually four got off to the good start and that the toys were for the kids because two and three it gets into that point where it's like do the humans matter at all because me as jeff i kind of like the idea of the humans and again brilliant masters of craft like obviously it was perfect oh my god my jeff hates just, toys no no thank you so much jeff. Yeah. So Jeff I, seamless, just seamless, just turned up. I love you. My seamless, my my, my delivery. This is Chloe. Say hi, Chloe. Hi. Give your favorite part Chloe's of the Toy back. Story movies that we watched. Um, Forky. Oh, see, yeah, we see? just yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> Thank Forky. you. I love Forky. Trash. Anyway, um, so the concept Trash. of this really, really hard to pull off, and then they do things like that Key and Peele character. I remember seeing four in theaters, and when they did their first fake scenario, and you didn't know it was not real. You didn't know that they were like, I got an idea of how we're going to get the key, which by the way is another, like they brilliantly seem all these movies together where it's like, how many movies do they need to get a key? So they need it in this movie. And for some reason, it doesn't seem like a gag that's dried up. It's like, oh yeah, they need it. And how do they, how do they one up it? They have Key and peel run through a list of scenarios of how they're going to get the key. They all involve beating the shit out of an old lady when Buzz Lightyear finally says that's that's definitely not going to happen. It's like, it's so pristine. So anyway, for me... It's a beautiful scene. The two things that I would love for you guys to, to talk about a little bit, because it's like the concept alone. The first movie, it pulls itself off. It's like toys are more than toys. They matter to us. They matter to humans. They kind of let that go a little bit. I know that's there the whole time, but they sort of trust that everybody watching, especially the nostalgia, like when you watch it with your kids and you think about your old toys to what you were saying before with nostalgia, John, I would love to know what you guys think. Like, does did that ever come up? Does it ever hold you back? The concept. And also, is there something that Disney movies don't do now anymore, which is this movie does, they play to adults but they play it PG, if that makes sense. There are sexual references, like the potato heads are saying things like, oh, like, um, we'll, we'll yeah, worry about playing. that tonight. So it's like they're, they're playing to the full round of audience, whereas I think a lot of Disney movies nowadays, they're kind of skewing younger and they're losing some more depth, some substance. What do you guys think about those two things? I think the uh, I think my favorite children's movies, even when I was a kid, um there are two ways to watch those movies. It's why I love the Muppets. It's why I love mm-hmm. Pixar. Cause there's, you can enjoy it on two different levels. As you get older, I remember that very specific feeling of growing up and finally understanding why mom and dad were laughing at that part or why you mm-hmm. didn't understand what was funny. Mm-hmm. And you kind of were pretending when you were a kid that you got it, but it just, you just didn't understand that reality yet. Um, the concept I think the concept is awesome. And again, I think it has something to do with Disney specifically because uh, 
apparently John Lasseter was always very interested in bringing inanimate objects to life as opposed to writing stories about characters that mm-hmm. were animals or humans, the way Disney almost exclusively does. So in most Disney movies, unless an inanimate object is under a spell, most of their stories are about people or animals. So I think already, they already kind of separate themselves by having this whole world of inanimate objects that get brought into, you know, personified scenarios. So it's it's almost like the well has not been truly tapped yet. I mean, I think it's the reason they can just so successfully keep turning out new versions of that same concept. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, everything can be made into a Pixar character. And I don't know, I've always but, enjoyed but, it. My Although with the Toy Stories, they should probably stop while they're ahead now. They're, they're like, Do I you feel think like they're going to stop? Five might be pushing it. Yeah. The last I, two I, movies made a billion dollars each. A yeah, billion dollars stop, each. Dude. I mean, I, I was finishing it with my friend who's, who's here with me as well. And we were like, she was like, do you think it's over for sure? And I was like, no way. That carnival could totally swing back through some town and they could see their buddies. Yeah, exactly. like, there's exactly. no yeah. reason why this thing has to stop. There if they don't a, want it to stop. There was a massive goodbye scene, though. Like, they split up the main characters. I mean, I, I thought it was over after how three. they bring it back. I thought it was yeah. over after I mean, three. Yeah. Fair. And four was pretty, was pretty solid good, ending. dude. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? I don't know. I liked it. Um, and, of course, all the, you know, all the feminist stuff, the way they turned Bo Peep. I will say, I did not know that was coming in four. And I was very pleasantly Bo Peep, surprised. Bo Peep is one of my favorite. She's one of my favorite characters. Well, see, yeah. when, and the others in the earlier ones, I remember always thinking, like, she doesn't really get a lot of, she doesn't get much screen time. And they don't really, they kind of put her as the archetype of the girl, the little girl's toy in the early ones. Mm. And that's not, I'm not saying that's all she was, but she really didn't have a lot of development. So I thought it was really fucking cool that they let her go off and become a badass lost toy she never wore her her dress or skirt thing it was fucking great it was so there's, funny. uh there's actually if you uh, if you look on the shorts in disney plus there's also a short called lamp life and it shows what happened to bo peep nice like how oh. she gets oh, out she Dude, that's great yeah it's the whole the whole story in short form the, the disney shorts like yeah. are awesome half 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 of them are animation tests for the movie that's coming so they but it does it like they make they take the time to write something I like that about Pixar in general. Like, again, I know we, when you talk about Pixar, you kind of talk about Disney as well, but Disney kind of did them independently as well. But I, I, I liked that for the bulk of my childhood and young adulthood when I was seeing these movies in theater, I liked that they always paired it with one of their original shorts, kind of like old mm-hmm. school when you would go mm-hmm. to the movies. You kind of got to see one of their shorts that had you had you had never heard of it before. And then you got to watch the movie. And half the time we would walk except away talking that, about the except- short just as much. Except for that Frozen one, uh, Frozen two. Wait, that was was that Toy Story four? Was that Frozen the? No, no, the the Frozen short that got put in front of um. Which one? Oh, I can't remember what it was, but they they threw a, a fifteen minute Frozen short in front of a movie. Oh, was that like the, the holiday the, one where they were like getting ready for like a holiday ball? Yeah, or one of one of the one of the best reviews was this like five year old kid sitting next to his parent who turned to them and went, "Daddy, nobody asked for this." <laughs> yes, <laughs> drink. <laughs> That, fi- that five-year-old kid now has to drink. Oh, this one's for God. that fucking kid. God damn it. That um, is so funny. Nobody I think, asked for this. Um, okay, well, we might as well do this, too. Let's do favorite movie out of the four uh, and favorite character. But I just want to read a couple. I'll say favorite character. And while you think about that, 
this is Toy Story 4. First of all, Key and Peel, I already said, saved the movie. You also have Keanu Reeves. More on him later. Um, Man, that was funny. <laughs> Christina Hendricks. Listen to the names of some of these characters. Carl yeah. Reiner is in it, and they name him Carl Rhinoceros. Actually, they name him Carl Rhinoceros. <laughs> Betty yep. White is in it, and it's Bitey White. Carol Burnett is Kyral Burnett. And then Mel Brooks mm-hmm. is Melephant Brooks. Like, the, and they're, they're, all, just, they're all the ones... They're all the ones in the cupboard. Yeah, and, and that's then, all and the then, old toys in the cupboard. And then, and then Timothy Dalton, aka former James Bond, is Mister Pricklepants, who's the like the <sighs> the classically trained toy, the classically trained toy. I mean, Timothy Timothy Dalton will turn up to the opening in an envelope these days. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to begin with like Estelle Harris, Laurie Metcalf, uh, Jeff Garland, Don Rickles, Carl Weathers, June Squibb. Um, Wallace Shawn is Rex. Wallace is one of the Shawn, most interesting. Dude, on, that is one so of the most funny. interesting yeah. choices. The Tyrannosaurus Rex is played by like the guy with the inconceivable quote and the guy in Clueless, like the mm-hmm. five foot nothing guy. Like it's so funny that he's the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Joan Cusack for as Jesse the Star is Trek, so He funny. was a Ferengi for quite some time as well. Oh, say nice. Anyway. Say he was a Ferengi in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He oh, played the yeah, Grand yeah, Natus. yes, he was. Yeah, um, you sorry. can tell as soon as he opens his mouth. Oh, he's so good. Anyway, I'm dragging, I'm dragging. What was your favorite out of the four? Favorite movie out of the four? God damn, dude. Oh, I know this is lame, but I'm probably gonna say number one just because. Sure. Just because it's airtight. Yeah. It's I mean, so it's absolutely. And, yeah. I mean, how long is that thing? I know they're all around an hour and a half, but. What is this? This thing comes in at 121, you know, with credit. <laughs> Three hours of 45 minutes. We love yeah. that. I mean, that thing is just, it's the story. That, as much as we were just that conversation, we literally just had as rich and as quotable as all of those supporting characters are in everything. It never has a moment just for the sake of having a famous person say something funny. Right. It all comes out of those toys in that situation having to react to their most emotional. And I don't know, it's just it's just absolutely yeah. airtight. I also do feel it's not a criticism at all. I, I love these movies. I think the 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 mythology of Buzz Lightyear has decreased and depreciated over the course of the movies. And I really loved him and Woody's foiling of each other in the first one and the second one is still you know they're a little bit they're still like the good friends thing but god i just thought they worked they just played so well off of each other yeah. and again this might have something to do with when it came out but like i was a huge home improvement fan i was i was huge yeah. into tim allen yeah, yeah so yeah. i was very very excited to to recognize those two voices i, I knew it was coming when is that what, 1995 was when the first one came out right um 95 yeah hmm. so i'm gonna go with one how about you dave I'm uh, I'm going to be controversial and go with two, mm. and the main reason I'm going with two is because it is just as good at one as one. But they answered the question: Where do we go from here? Yeah, you're right. Two is um, awesome. I, and they answered it successfully and was as good, if not better, than the first one. Mm-hmm. I love how you you had to you had to be brave and say um, controversially. I picked the one with a 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with you. Though. It probably is well, the one that people no, talk there's actually shit a discussion. Yeah. The discussion going on on Twitter at the moment is for like film series which the which is the better one like what order does it go in two three one one three two yeah and yeah that one's that's getting quite fiery as well if you want to look that one nice. up. oh man well i would say i would say just because this is we're, we're supposed to bait each other into saying negative things i don't have many negative things to say but i would say my least favorite is three which is controversial for a lot of people but then, yeah great um 
I'm going to agree with you, dude. I felt like everybody raved about number three. And when I finally saw it, I remember thinking this was not, it was not better than one or two. I I just remember hearing everybody hyping it up like crazy about how sad it was when the dog walked in. It's like, really? (laughs) Is that all it took? He's he's going to college and that's a bummer. And I'm, the, the fact that he even considered bringing Woody to college really was like, they're really, that was a tough, they, 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 yeah. they're steepening that hill right now. Like, we want Andy he, to get late. It's like, we've grown I up want Andy, too. I do want Andy to get <laughs> we want that guy to get I'm late. I'm so sorry. I'm so Although, sorry. I will say for number three, the Barbies I, yeah, are never really funny. i get that image out of my head. The Ken doll <laughs> and the Barbie, they're really, yeah. they're really quite do you know, do you know so, so Ken was Michael Keaton. Do you know who Barbie was? No. It was, no, the voice of Ar- it was the voice of Ariel from Little Mermaid. It was Jody Benson. It's literally oh, Ariel shit. from the Little Mermaid is like the sex symbol bur- is Barbie. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. That You're right. I did. Li- I Sorry, did ladies. like that. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Anyway, my favorite. My favorite was four, just because I thought they went up. That it was funny. I'd probably go four, one, two, three. That's probably what I would do. Man, okay, I, I like the idea good. of the lost toys because right. that that existential question that was brought up in two, as Dave noted, and then four was simple. But like at four, I mean, sorry, one was simple and four can't quite be as simple. But at the same time, at at its core, it really is pretty simple, you know? So I, I thought it, I thought it was cool. I thought it was no, cool. Totally right. just... I mean, these questions are, we're going to get deep here with Toy Story. I told, I like what you said earlier. <laughs> That's the only how... reason it works. It's the only reason it works is because of the depth. Deep toys. I like how you said early on about how two and three kind of started becoming a lot about the toys and not much about the, the humans and that relationship thing. But I, I did always feel that they were trying to, not push, but they were trying to, um, the toys themselves, the characters were very afraid of what they didn't know beyond Andy's room. So obviously two and three take them into different scenarios, but the ultimate unknown is what happens when there are no children, when they're literally right. not just the kid you grew up with, but literally our point of existing is no longer there. Do we still exist? So. Right. Again, I was so pleasantly surprised by four. I thought that was such a, mm-hmm. a good spin on it. And if it is the last one, it's a great way to say goodbye. But you kind of have been, you kind of have been waiting for. Did you feel like it was contrived at all for Woody to to go with Bo Peep? Do you feel like he did it because he loved her? Or he did it because he also wanted to be, because he realized he no longer had a kid. Or was it both? That's a really good question. And I think it's probably good that a movie is able to, to, to not have that one hundred percent solid because obviously the answer is both. So it's yeah. I guess whether or not it's more one than the other. But he was okay um, with it for I'm sure the yeah, I mean I guess I want to. You know what it is? Wait, let's let's go back to our our, our franchise here, our, our Corona franchise. You know what it is? It's it's into the West. It's the end of the Lord of the Rings. He like he could stay. <laughs> He could say he's still got family, Honestly, still dude, got friends. That's all I he was could live in, of. He yeah. could live in the attic forever if he wants. But what if you choose to go into the West and there is love on the other side? Like going well, the with world, Bilbo, yeah. I mean, instance. it's I was I got very verklempt at the end of four because you guys should just start buzzing me every time I say the term hero's journey. But we've been watching, we've been watching Woody throughout these movies do this, and it did feel like he realized the world around him had changed so drastically that he didn't really belong there anymore. So whether or not it was for Bo Peep or because he just wanted to be a, a change or whatever, I think he ultimately realized there was no, there was nothing there for him, which it's so, so exciting for, for right now that that movie exists because obviously Corona, that's scary shit. We don't know what the fuck is happening right now in general, but 
this is a we're living in the middle of a gigantic shift in the cultural paradigm. And I think it's really exciting that they're making a movie aimed at children where you're exactly right, dude. They 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 land on a question of the unknown and a in a hero saying Into yeah, the I unknown. Give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. All right, on on those uh, on those notes. Very heavy philosophical points about probably <laughs> we should probably move on um, to uh, our second section, which also has Keanu Reeves in it. Is he the only crossover? I really tried looking. I was really hoping Lawrence Fishburne or Halle Berry or something. Ian <laughs> Boom, McShane. Dude. I thought dude. I thought Ian McShane could be like a gangster toy or something, but I guess not. I'd, they'd never be able to stop Ian McShane saying "fuck." Like you're right. You're <laughs> right. Bleeping toys. Seven. He would say. All right. He would say tits and dragons and toys. Yeah. All right. When we come back. If you haven't guessed it already, we're going to be talking about the fucking John Wick franchise. We're very excited about it. Boom! And we're back! And we're We're back, back, baby. We're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. back. First thing is first... Jeff made a boo-boo. Uh, one of our co-hosts, <laughs> our, our buddy Jeff, made a hilarious mistake, and I kind of wish it wasn't a mistake. I wish that Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers did co-write Toy Story, just because that would be hilarious, the, the comments I, he was making in the writer's it room. It would have been a different film. <laughs> it would have been a very, very different film. Unfortunately, yeah, it is Je- not Jeff the same Jeff read the headline and didn't spell check. Yeah. I thought yeah, maybe Joel just, Cohen just took the H out to make him sound less Jewish or something. I don't know. Ugh. No, he did not. He did not. Different Joel Cohen. This Joel Cohen wrote The Garfields. He wrote Cheaper by the Dozen, that fucking Steve Allen movie. So he's thankful to you right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I also I also tanked. I also Dude. said Joel Cohen it was working on Mississippi Burning, which is not a movie he ever I know, Yeah, I kind of so let that go. I don't know what the fuck you were talking about. What, like, what movie were you just, thinking of when you said Mississippi Burning? Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. It has a state okay. in the title. It's some, it's some <laughs> southern state that's not doing well. Look, I feel for Cohen with an H. I, there was once I was I was credited um, on IMDb for working on the movie Creed as the uh, principal yeah. colorist for about yeah. 20, for about 24 hours and yeah and dave I'm, immediately sent his resume yeah. out everywhere I, i'm not kidding like i i immediately corrected that on imdb Dude, every time i do I, that but i took a photo of it I, first every time i have to add your name for one of our film on the imdb credits th- that guy always comes up when i'm trying to find you dave green <laughs> i want to get in touch with that fucker and be like dude do you want to do you want to join us like i feel like the fates are bringing all the daves together Anyway, uh, we're back anyway. and we're very excited to be talking about John fucking so Wick. He did not want to get back in the excited. game, but they fucking pulled him back into the game. And you know what? With a fucking I'm thinking pencil. I'm back. Oh my With a fucking God. pencil. What they got? Yeah, fucking pencil. It was beautiful. Oh my god! Let's 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 just go right to town. Did you guys see these in the theaters as they came out, or were you latecomers? And didn't see a single one in theaters. I didn't see the first one in theaters. And then uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, uh, this may be one of the reasons I married her, put me on to John Wick. And we then immediately went and saw the second one, which was just coming out in theaters. And then we went and saw the third one. Yeah. I mean, these are just, God, this is just such a welcome, a welcome return of the great and powerful Keanu Reeves. I mean, anyone who was alive in the late (laughs) 90s saw The Matrix 
And we were like, oh, that's what that's the thing he does. Like, he's good at that thing. We also saw him in the 90s do some weird, you know, like rom-com and romantic dramas and stuff. Badly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and that's where, you know, we picked on him quite a bit. Nobody picks on him for John Wick, dude. Everybody, these movies are cool, and I feel like he gets away with all of it. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever seen any of the videos of him training for this movie? Yes. For these movies? Yes. His training sequences, he's doing like somersaults and then he's shooting targets down the fucking bullseye. Like it's like, like as if he's been training to do this. Have you seen Halle Berry doing the training for John Wick 3? No. Um, Yeah, so too. Do not get in a gunfight with Halle Berry. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, badass. I mean, let's talk about that first of all, like for, for all of them in general, they have just based on the research I was able to find I wasn't on set of course but the stunt choreography the fight choreography they were very interested in trying to film longer takes and they yes. wanted Keanu to be doing a lot of the stuff with them he was already very much into jujitsu. the whole world of DMA and MMA and martial arts has been you know really popping a lot in the 2000s and jujitsu is something that has made its way into mainstream pop culture in a whole different way than when i was a child even though it was around since the 80s in a in, in mma and i knew keanu reeves had gotten into it like before these movies came out but especially there are a few sequences in number two especially that are very long oneers, and that yeah. man is rolling around and jumping around and getting flipped around and it is all in real time. He does have stunt doubles, but as much as possible, they are using him. And I just, I just really appreciated how they shot fight choreography in a new way. That's kind of you know whether you like, whether you like action movies or not, they're only interesting when they introduce elements differently. Whether it's in story mm. or whether it's technical. And I think John Wick tells a very simple story. The man thought he was out of the game and he got brought back into the game with a ridiculous scenario. But the way they shoot the fighting is so fresh and so new that it's almost, I don't know, it's impossible not to enjoy it. You've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, I mean, the the fighting choreography, they're having a bit of a renaissance with that at the moment. Like we're we're having a Keanu-sance where Keanu's (laughs) coming back and he's just in everything. But the fight choreography as well is having a a little bit of a, a renaissance where they're like they had the Avengers, they had all this stuff where people were constantly replaced by digital models. And then all of a sudden you've got this other camp who are like, no, we want to do this practically. And we want to do that. We, we want it to make it like, hard. we want to hit hard. We want to hit safe, obviously, but they're going the other way. And that's where you're getting these long takes because they're not mm-hmm. swapping people out. I mean, there was a really great uh, fight scene in Daredevil. Uh, the mm-hmm. TV series, oh, not that horrible film. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah. In both the hmm. Episode six the, of season the, one, the, that, sta- the, the stairway fight. fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. water in the hallway. Unbelievable. Yeah. And Old boy, like that, did you guys that, see that Japanese film? Sorry. Oh Keep yeah, going. yeah. Yeah, unbelievable, dude. Oh, it, mm. You're right. This is this is happening. This is changing. I think uh, for me, I think it's such a wonderful juxtaposition for what the Born series, which sadly, listeners, Born. Born didn't make it onto our franchise, but we love yeah, the Born series as well. It probably should have. It should have and it's such awesome. a good. It would have been a. Good, it would have been a fun foil to John Wick because the way that they shoot their action and their fighting, which I also find, I love, I love the way they shoot their fight scenes. It is all super quick cut, so they get a lot of coverage, and then they edit their asses off to put together really interesting fast cut fight sequences. And again, it was just refreshing to see a movie. You know. 
movies like John Wick go completely in the other direction, longer takes, really getting to watch Keanu Reeves do all the fighting. I don't know, man. It's super fresh. And when you hear... Tell me, tell me, tell me. I can't even tell you the joy that I felt watching every single one of these fucking movies. Like, (laughs) it, it starts out... You don't really know who he is. It starts out with the end, and it goes back it's, in time. It starts so out with the those... best opening scene ever. Yeah, it's like that literally a car, a car awesome, rolls dude. into the a car rolls into the frame and smashes into a post. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, we're there. And then, uh, yeah. the first five minutes is almost no dialogue, and you get every single piece of exposition that carries you through the rest of the film. Sorry, it's, carry on. But but he does it while he's going forward. It's not like exposition yeah. that just says it out loud. It's like no. he's watching little videos. You're, you're hearing about, um, like, what's going on with his wife, and it's quick. It's almost like the up montage meets... Uh, that's probably... It meets, meets mm. uh, World it War really, Z. It, or, it really or is. Like it really is The like Walking up. Dead. Yeah. yeah, that montage. And then he gets... Can I? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This is this is a big statement. Let's see. The cutest dog that has ever been put on screen. <laughs> he is five weeks old, I think. Five months old. He's. he's yeah, I mean, it is yeah, the like perfect seven, yeah. puppy. And then we, for no we almost, reason, we almost got a beagle after we saw this. Oh Aww. my god! Yeah, and then that for, fucking cute. <laughs> for for almost no reason, like like a dumb like what are the odds kinds of things. Theon Greyjoy, who I swear Alfie Allen will only, even when he's 80, he will only play characters that get the ass, their ass kicked and just get shit on the whole movie for how stupid and dumb they are. That's have all you, he will you, play. Have you seen this? the comment about how he was hired? They, they, wanted no. to find, they wanted to find someone who, like, because of all the violence they were concerned, they wanted to find someone who just looked like an asshole. So they oh got Alfie. Oh my god! Yeah, but they they they, the they, 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 they postscripted that with he's a really really nice guy. Yeah, and he, apparently he is. Anyway, yeah. the concept is this: Alfie Allen likes his car. He doesn't know he's an assassin, so he, he he breaks into his home, steals the car, and kills the dog. Very simple, pretty dumb, and it just so happens that John Wick is not the boogeyman. He's the man you hire to go kill the boogeyman he's the best assassin of all time and he literally will go and kill every single person because he has nothing left to live for because his wife just died and they killed his dog to avenge every- he kills 90 something people in this movie and we're not just talking yeah. about like we're not talking about like avengers movies where like a million people die and then they're like oh how are you feeling we're talking about assassins with guns and radios and talkies and it shows in so much detail that I think you, it shows him every time he reloads. They don't do a thing where, like, in a lot of movies, they usually cut away when they reload to, like, see what they're looking at or something. It's like he is reloading while he's getting attacked, and you see, like, the way they frame it is fucking brilliant. He yeah. kills people with guns, machine guns, knives, swords. Um, he kills them from the top of a horse. He kills them from a motorcycle. <laughs> he kills them from a car, an SUV, on foot. He kills them with his bare hands. He kills them with glass. Some of those, like, an axe... He kills somebody with an axe. Like, the way he does it is brilliant, and he never enjoys it, which makes it not a video game. It makes it real because he has a reason. Yeah. He, he doesn't want to be killing these people. It, it, it's it's so great. I mean, in it's all so that, my, that is my only criticism is by the time you get to the end of part three, it starts to feel like a video game. No, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. No, you're if right. If we're being you're honest, right. number, number three is definitely... But it, it becomes then, about the fighting... Well, it, it does, and it becomes, it's almost like advanced boss fight, advanced boss fight. Exactly, but then yeah. They, they top that off, though, with one of the best twists 
ever and yeah, we're waiting now cool. we're stuck in lockdown waiting for fucking john wick four i don't know if it's uh, a twist out, I, 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 <laughs> check out some of this delicious trivia this is hilarious first of all the one of the co-directors who has come up on this podcast before in um birds of prey chad stahelski he directed one of the it was his baby it's his baby he was keanu's stunt double mm. in the matrix he actually co-directed how badass is that all right, how about this? <laughs> um, during the fucking nightclub scene, the whole sequence, if you haven't seen the first the first movie, he goes on just a rampage through this whole nightclub in every level and just fucking yeah. kills people along the way. He was sick that day, and he had a temperature of 104 <laughs> when they were filming. That, I think the nightclub sequence is my favorite out of the three series. I, I think mean, it's, it's my favorite. It is. Yeah, because yeah. it's not too heightened. It feels very Let's, realistic. I, I love at the beginning when he tells like, uh, loose. when he tells the bouncer, it's like, "Good morning, Francis. Good evening, Francis. Want to take the night yeah. off?" It's like, "Thank you, sir." <laughs> he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I "You know. look well. You lost weight," and he's like sixty pounds while he's holding a gun to his head. Like he's classy. He's a classy guy. He's like Bond meets beats. It's it's Bond meets Born. That's what it is. It's Bond meets I, Born. I mean, I also love that every environment they go into has its own look. Every like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The production design is yeah. fucking sick. And I, I mean, it. it the, the most fun I, you can have, though, with these films is watching other people's reactions to the news that someone's just pissed off John Wick. Yeah. yeah. Every, everybody has a very similar... It's like, oh, fuck, we're dead. Someone's dead. Like, someone dig a hole is going to fucking die. Yeah, yeah this guy's <laughs> going to kill everyone. And it's I it's mean, so much fun. You... Like, if you want to play the John Wick drinking game, just every time someone get, gets that death <laughs> stare from pissing off John Wick, right. just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that first sequence, that guy who plays Vigo... I'm sorry, I don't I don't know his name off the top of my head, but the guy who plays the Russian mob boss, uh-huh. the main yes. boss in number one. Michael Nyquist is his name. Yes. Man, I, that I, first I, scene, when he finds it out, he really acts his ass off, dude. When he's fight, yeah. when he beats up his son and everything. Like he's so I love mm. the I love the the absurd kind of humor that he gets out of just knowing there's no way we're gonna live through this. Yeah. Like, there's no coming back from this. <laughs> When he oh. sends people and then they obviously can't kill John Wick and then you just see mm-hmm. his face and he's like, yeah, I, I know. I was just sort of hoping, like, needle in a haystack. Yeah. And let's give it yeah. up I to mean, the, uh, let's give it up to the directors and production designers and everybody. How many times have we seen an elite group of assassins or an assassin's network of some kind, you know, some, anything like that? The Continental and yeah. this whole this whole mythology they build around yeah, Ian McShane. One of my favorite parts. All right, let's just talk about Ian McShane. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Cool wait. Set the scene first, so people people who haven't seen the movie just so they know the continent. This is like a video game. The Continental is a hotel only for members of the underground world, and they're not allowed to conduct business. And they truly behave like they're in the MI6. They're literally like, "Good day, sir. Yeah. How are you?" It's like yeah, I could use a safe. room cleaning, sir. And it's like, "Oh yes, right away." And he's like, "Yes, right away, please." And what that means is there's a dead body that they have to go get. So it's like a safe space that assassins can't kill each other at but they truly act as if they're they're serving the president of of the world mm. like it's and it's so classy and Ian so McShane cool runs the new york continent. yeah so not mm-hmm. to kill your buzz job but just to keep every so that they don't i don't i don't want anybody to think this is just like a yeah. movie where people die and that's it even you know, though the action a, is awesome there's also a tv it's, series coming where they're dealing with all the continentals around the world as well which is br- a brilliant change in yeah. two where they're like this is the continental rome and you're like thank god there's a continental rome oh thank god 
Yeah. All right, sorry, John. Sorry, John. Yeah. So, okay, so Ian McShane, who Ian McShane. Uh, didn't wasn't the original choice for that part. Uh, it was originally going to Jason Isaacs wow. from Harry Potter. Yeah, Malfoy's dad. I, I like Jason. I like Jason Isaacs. I do. Uh, but I don't think. I think if it would have been, I think Ian McShane. They made the right, like whatever happened there. The universe spoke, and we got the right person. I mean, I so Ian's. Too. We have heard that man. He came up uh, earlier when we were talking about. Uh, what what episode was it? We were talking about the uh, devil, Hellboy. Remember that Hellboy. opening? Hellboy. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> mm. that's what's mentioning that? Hellboy. Yeah, just yeah. Remember, what's, Jeff. Do you remember the first line of that? It movie? was um, it was um, um, something like they were called the, dark, the, the Middle dark. Ages. Were called the Dark Ages for good fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ian McShane, you're just waiting for him to say amazing things. And his role and he, in and these Hellboy, movies... he didn't. <laughs> I mean, he still made it sound fucking cool. But his mm. his role gets elevated so much throughout this series in a very, a very fun way. He's not only the foil, and he gets to say just some really amazing things, but you're kind of also just waiting for him to say anything. He's just one of those actors that you really just can't... I don't really give a fuck what the scene's about or what he's going to do. They have a huge yeah. standoff in number three. Mm. And you've kind of been waiting for, for him to come around and join John Wick. Yeah, because you don't get to be head of the Continental for nothing. Like, this guy's Man, got some skills, obviously. Those fucking he, guns, yeah. yeah those he's fu- waiting I mean, for it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really good. He's he's an actor that I think I could see, like, in I mean, every that, single movie. Again, that's okay one of the, that's one of the things I I think I love the most about this is like everything has style. He has style. John Wick has style. They introduce Harry Belly. She has Harry Harry, Harry Belly. She has style. Mm-hmm. Um, even the subtitles that appear on screen have their own distinct style. Yeah. Like it, this yeah. whole film is stylish. It's really the opposite. I mean, it's the opposite of Toy Story. This is this is a film yeah. you can watch with your grown up kids. Not, yeah. not, not your five-year-old, but like everything is designed to a T. There's not a bad performance in the entire thing. No. The stunt ensemble, I can't believe by three that they still had more people who could pull these stunts off and be good actors at the same time. Those two guys that are like, John Wick, it's a pleasure fighting you because they've heard this story before attacking him. Like it is it is so amazing. The, the cameos you, are amazing. Have you watched the special feature on how they did the Glasshouse fight? No, a special I didn't feature see that. you can watch on the Glasshouse fight, and they, um, the Unreal Engine we were talking about last year, uh, last week, sorry, it felt like a year, we're in quarantine. Um, last week we were talking about Star Wars with the Unreal Engine Mandalorian stuff, the live filming, yeah. where you move the camera, the background moves. They developed, they designed this set in Unreal Engine, and the director and the stuntman walked through it as it's marked out on the floor in the warehouse to work out the choreography and the movements and where people were going to be and stuff like that. They had a like a full CG design of this set to play with while they were doing it. I wow. mean, that is so cool. Shit. And it was the, lighting, the, yeah, like, the backlighting, the backlighting the in that well. sequence. Once he finally gets to the boss, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just one of the most beautiful fight scenes I've ever seen. It looks like kill bill. It looks like when she has yeah. the, the big lit backlit samurai fight. I thought about this uh, a lot. I actually, I actually thought for, because I just liked the movie so much. And I was just thinking like, does Tarantino watch these movies and go, fuck man. Like, cause he loves, like he loves samurai um, stories, which there are definitely some samurai elements in this. And he obviously loves shoot him ups. He loves pulpy mm-hmm. flicks. Like, what does he watch this and go, 
it's not my style, but holy shit. Like, I, I feel like these are the kinds of movies he would watch a bunch of times in a yeah, row. he just whines about it taking his theater space. But there is so much death in these movies, and, and they get away with it because they're all trained assassins. And especially once you get to two and three, most of the people attack are attacking him. They're not just, like, people with guns trying to make a living and earn health care for their family. Like, these are actual people who are trying to kill him, so they are entering the arena themselves. And so, like, j- again, just to everybody at home, but I think this is just, like, a movie where it's just about killing people in an interesting way. They're all just about... He doesn't want to kill a single person. If he didn't have to, he wouldn't, with the exception of those who hurt his dog. But also, shout mm. out. They, they do two things brilliantly. Number one, they brilliantly um, call back to the other movies. I feel like every yes, single series, with the, exception, with the exception of Lord of the Rings, they have have to mention their former movie like you can't mention mistakes made and things in the past when you set up this world that's so specific you can't overlook things which other series on our list would get away with would they get away with overlooking things the fact that the third movie they have an adjudicator who goes back and says you helped them last year that is a violation of the code they get they, they it's like a brilliant interesting twist that doesn't turn into like men in the black 2 where they make tommy so, lee jones men in black 2 realize, makes tommy lee jones these movies take place over four days yeah, like oh my the God, whole yeah. thing is But like, yeah. So, so Men in Black Two is Tommy Lee Jones has amnesia, so Will Smith explains the first movie to him. That's like what yes. Men in Black Two is. So it's like this; they get away with doing stuff like that. Also, you know what else they did is they said, "We have an idea." We can reunite Keanu Reeves with Lawrence Fishburne. How do we do this? And what we do is we make Lawrence Fishburne like a pigeon wielding Lord of the Underworld that like is playing. <laughs> He's like the he like he has he has um, Morpheus qualities, but like if Morpheus was in a completely different Spider Verse, like what? I, I also love the, if, the the quick throwaway gag between Halle Berry and um like when the two characters there when they go to see the guy and. He causes a ruckus with the dogs, and I'm not going to give it away because yeah. you just got to wait for it. But it it's throws so back good. to yeah. two, it throws back <laughs> to number one, and it's the perfect delivery. And they just throw the gag away. If you when he's blink like, and you when, miss it. When when Kato's like, no, I, t- I totally understand. <laughs> and she's like, he was going he was going after my dog, and he was like, no, I I get it, I totally understand. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, I I I love yeah, these movies again, so these, much. They know what they are, kind of like the. Uh, yeah. Fast and the Furious last week. Like I feel like to really be, to want to come back to them, to maybe not just see them once and for them to turn into some echo of what they were when they were in theaters, for people yeah. to want to come back to movies that are mostly centered around action over and over and over again, you got to have more than action. And I feel mm. like these movies have a, a kind of a wry silliness I, and kind I've of graphic novelty appeal. Yeah, and definitely yeah, graphic exactly novelty. Definitely they are, graphic man. novelity. They know what they I mean, are. I, did, they I had to well. look up that it wasn't based on one. I thought this yeah, was yeah. based on a graphic novel. I it's, thought it was espe- too. Especially with the text going across the way. And when, and when they get to Parabella and what it means. Yeah. Um, and, and they do it in that font. It really does feel like a graphic novel. It really does. Also, um, fun fact for anyone who likes to find these locations in uh, movies, the Continental Exterior is located at one Wall Street court in New York. It's the, I've seen that, is, that uh, building. That's cool. It's the Beaver Building. The Beaver That's Building. <laughs> Yes, the also, you know what? We, we talked about last week how coronavirus, because Dave sent us a picture from Madison Avenue in New York and there are no cars or anything on it. And I forget which John Wick it is where he ends up in like, well, he goes to Chinatown a lot for the doctor, but mm. he's in Times Square at one point. And I was like, man, they wish they could film this right now. Oh, they're actually, the, yeah. You there are too few people. 
There are too the, few the, people in Times Square right now to film that scene because there's no extras. You mean the <laughs> doctor that was the key the doctor, maker? In he was the key Matrix? maker in the Matrix, yeah. right? Yeah, thank you. I was oh like, yeah. my God, what an Easter egg. I yeah. didn't put that together. That's so funny. And the way, that, so, so wait, so, so my, my theory about three, and I hope that I don't spoil too much for our friends is, so you, you said there was a twist. My twist is actually that he, he, he shot in the exact same spot that Keanu shot the doctor. Remember when he was like, Oh, make uh-huh. sure you don't. And he psh, missed the clavicle. Yeah. So I have a feeling he's going to be like, what do you mean? I, I, I shot you in a place that clearly wouldn't end your life. Oh no. I, yeah. He's definitely pulling away me there. It's like, there's a double twist. So that Dave, is, is this it's, whole, it's gonna be. Is this a whole Australian production? Is this a whole Australian situation? No, I don't didn't, think so. No. Didn't didn't they do? I know the Wachowskis aren't Australian, but didn't isn't every, didn't oh, you, they film everything in, down in Australia? You're in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm asking. Is this okay. is this also an Australian situation? No, it's not. Okay, okay. Dave, your stunnies here. I look this up. I'm just double checking right now because it's such a joke. It, it's here. I'm sorry. This is it's a joke that the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood stunt team was nominated in 2019, but the John Wick stunt team wasn't. Like no disrespect to Once Upon a Time, obviously. No, no nominated for what? Because they they don't have sorry, an Oscars sorry. category for it. No, no, no. So the only thing that they can win there's a couple and other weird awards, should. but the biggest one they absolutely should. <laughs> the biggest award you can win is the Screen Actors Guild, which is important because it's voted on by all of the the union, all yeah. of the actors, everybody mm. in the the film has a vote everybody in all these films have a vote and marvel wins it every year which sort of makes me you think that actually wonder woman won one year but it sort of makes you think that like there's just like a it's, it's political like they can just rally up votes whoever gets the most signatures well i mean how yeah, is it that these three john up. wicks how is it that, but even more so even more so this how does how do those john wick movies not have a single nomination like how does hacksaw I, ridge win and this these John Wick guys, you know these people are doing those things where they're like they're landing in such a way that that it's like if they land in a different way, they break their spine. Like some it's of these be, stunts, it's because the John is, Wick guys aren't doing it for awards and it shows. I know it's so practical, it's so realistic, it's important. It's not just for show. It's 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 so good. I, I can't even describe how good a lot of these are. My jaw was open for half of the sequences. And you see a lot of their uh, you see a lot of their faces. You see a lot. Uh, you of actually, everything. you get to see them while they're fighting and stuff. They're not just, yeah. You know, um, I love, actually, they they got around that by giving them different hairstyles. Um, you'll find that that if you look really really closely, some of the guys with hair in certain sequences are the same as the bald guys, <laughs> because they they filmed the stuff with hair first and then shaved them. That's hilarious. Oh, that's that's oh my good. god, it's so good. So I, I don't have much to say about it. We we haven't said anything negative about either films, but is there anything else you want to say about John Wick? Any Why other did conversation? Not have starters? a lot of bad categories. Like I, my bad lines was like there were two lines. That was it. Just a reminder. Yeah, Dave I think takes the only notes that we don't understand. Yeah, the X is the the, the, the nebulous X system. Oh no, no, that's, we Dave. haven't even got to that yet. Um, okay. I I think my only criticism because I did see these in the theaters and. I really liked the first one and people weren't really talking about it very much. So I didn't talk about it as much with lots of people. People definitely were talking more when number two came out. So I feel like number two held up and everyone was super pumped for number three. And I wasn't let down by number three by any means. I still had a lot of fun and I'm excited for four. But I do think it was with what you said earlier, Dave. I do think it kind of turned itself into that video game Next, next, next. You just he just kept fighting bosses, bosses, yeah, they, literally they, physically they moving up they didn't structures. Advance, yeah, they didn't advance the story. They stopped yeah, advancing so the story, the story really didn't more. change at all. Yeah. Which is 
you know, it's a trap. I understand because that's also really cool that it's that it happens in four days. Like, I also really yeah. like that. But that's I think it just might be a, five it days because almost... it's some international travel there. But yeah. No, no, no. It definitely happens in mm. less than a week. It is back to yeah. back. The movies are back to back. Yeah. And that's like, a cool like thing to know. Three literally it's... picks up straight off the back of number two. Yeah, when but he should have been dead. They... He's bleeding yeah. out. He has stitches in that are going to rip out. Like, I kind of wanted something more to to turn the story on its head a little bit in three. And so I'm hoping that four will do something that takes it Wait. away. You don't think the adjudicator and then the man who sits above the table was enough that just didn't land for you? Is that what you're saying? It just I felt like that was a ex- pretty interesting yeah. move. No, no, it was still cool. I don't, I'm not. This, I'm reaching for criticisms here. It's, I just remember feeling yeah, in the theater and that, like that it was an extension of number one and number two, as opposed to really throwing a wrench in it and making us feel like, oh no, there's a lot of the, the assassins are still here. He still has the same dilemma, but his situa- his circumstances have changed dramatically. And I feel like his has not really changed mm. since the first one. I, I mean, I, I, but in saying that, on the rewatch, when you're watching John Wick three on the rewatch, that you get into the story more and not into the fights as much. Like it, it, it does advance the plot a lot more than what it did. I'm gonna in, watch number three year. tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm gonna get yeah. nice and drunk and watch that thing tonight. <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, and also, and also, like Halle Berry oh, wait, not Jeff offering him the water. Halle Berry not giving him the water. She seems like a bitch, but in hindsight, she has to not. He has to be parched. Like I, I, there's little things like that that are really fun. But but yes, also to your point, by the end of that though. fight, by the end of that fight sequence, you're like, okay, can this please be over soon? I'm, yeah, I'm exhausted. You, you're kind of yeah, like, oh, why you. why did they have to get Joel Cohen to write this with an H? Get the fuck out of here. Jeff, get, that's for you. I'm gonna go, I'll, drink, I'll drink. I'll drink. I'm going to go back to, you know, it's what I kept saying. It's what I kept saying. I know I went hard, hard for Fast the Furious last week. I was I was pretty drunk. I'm gonna to apologize to our listeners. I was angry. I was I was fighting for Fast and the Furious. But the points we were making about it, I guess the only the thing that I would differentiate podcast. the only I would differentiate between the John Wicks and the Fast and the Furious is that that thing how we kept saying how with the Fast and the Furious everything went up. I felt like mm-hmm. the emotional circumstances for John Wick I hear what I'm saying. We're, we're, we're talking about the emotional circumstances yeah. somewhere. But I feel like they have not climbed in the same way the action has escalated. And that's always, a, for me personally, that can be a red flag with action movies. I need it all to escalate in its ridiculousness. It is, it is, it is like not a red f- flag. It is a pink I, yeah. flag. That I is a like very they can small go through, They can go through to eight because, let's face it, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Come on. Keep Come going. On. All right, let's wrap this John up. John Wick, dude. It's wrap, been so watch fun. John Wick. If you have not watched them yet, fucking sit down, please, and just watch them back to back to back. They lock, are too lock much your fun. small children away. They're beautiful. They They're hilarious. So it's ridiculous. Much fun. It is and so don't tell great. your friends if you know what the premise is. I've learned this mistake over the past few years. Don't jokingly tell your friends the premise of the first one. Unless there's somebody who already loves action movies on the watch anyway. Because if you think it's just a silly movie about a dog that gets taken from an assassin and he kills everybody, it's not. It's more than that. There, There right. is an emotional backbone to why the yeah, dog matters to yeah. him. Don't, yeah. it's, not, it's not a comedy. Inflict this on your friends. Make them go in blind because they'll be much better for it. This is way yeah. better. And the director's name is Chad. All right. I think <laughs> it is time to move on to the vote where only one can go on. Our four seed Toy Story or our 13 seed, the John Wick Trilogy. We'll be back.
And we're back. <laughs> Our buddy Jeff just ate a full fucking meal over the microphone, and we had to listen to him chew and fucking yeah. tap his silverware on the plate, and I'm about yeah. to kill him virtually. I'm still, and we're it, it kind of reminded me of that scene from Hannibal where the hogs ate that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm still upset about Joe Cohen. Oh, God. Yeah, fuck your joke. <laughs> oh, my God. Something just shot out of my mouth. Boo just shot out of my mouth. Um, of course, guys, we just vote. shot out of your mouth. We just with compared the you so- to the hog scene from Hannibal. <laughs> Jesus All right, Christ. So, friends, so far, so far, our top seed has advanced every week. We have Lord of the Rings, the Godfather trilogy, and Star Wars waiting. Which, by the way, Lord of the Rings, we felt pretty good about, even though Dave was sort of leaning against it. But... Godfather and Star Wars, those two and three seeds, they, they're going to get some competition, and I don't know if they're going to hang. So, Toy Story, John Wick, what's going to advance to the quarterfinals? Very, very curious. Very, very curious. Mm. Why don't we start with John? Dave wants to go last. So, this is always interesting. I haven't decided yet. Dave wants to go last. That's where we're at, audience at home. John, what do you think? All right, so I did some, I did some deep thinking over this past week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> True story. True story. Thank you. Thank you for that. So I rewatched I rewatched every single Pixar movie last year. After I watched that documentary, I just fucking watched every single one of them again in chronological order. And you know, I loved them. And then that same year, I think John Wick 3 came out last year. So I rewatched yep. one and two before I went to go see three in the feathers last year. Nice. And then I rewatched one for this just because I hadn't seen it in a while. This is one of those things where like, God, I just love them for different reasons. But I will say an ultimate achievement, artistic achievement, and especially for this contest, for the emotional state that people are in right now, I am going to vote for the Toy Stories just because they're... They're too perfect on too many levels. They offer too many different things and they offer them so well that I just, I don't know, I just can't get around it. I wanted, when we said this, when we made up our bracket, I remember kind of making a middle note to myself. I think I'm going to fucking vote for Fast and the Furious and John Wick. I was just kind of coming into this these weeks saying, I, I'm going to, I think I want to do it. I want to go there. I, I love those, I love all those franchises so much. But after rewatching the Toy Stories, I just, man, I know we were joking about it at the beginning with the Rotten Tomato readings, but I think it's undeniable. Those movies are, are nearly perfect. There's just nothing wrong with them. So I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to have to do it. I had a lot of fun talking with those John Wicks, and I want to watch them a million more times, and I'm going to, and I'm excited for number four. But if I'm advising people, if we were the last three fucks on planet Earth and some aliens showed up and they were like, we can only take one of these as a sample of motion pictures. What should we take? I'm going to give them the Toy Stories over the John Wicks. Good. No, you're right. Okay, so here's here's my story. This is my story. I saw Toy Story 1 in theaters when buzzing, I was very, buzzing. very younger. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you fucking that's, play on that's words, still, you piece of that's shit. Still Keep for, going. That's still for Joel Cohen. I saw, <laughs> I saw Toy Story 2 in theaters, 2000, or, um, 1999. I, I haven't seen either of those movies since until now. Toy Story 3 I did not see. 
And then I watched Toy Story 4 in theaters last year, as I mentioned, and then I went back and rewatched all of these from this past week. And I mentioned to you before the concept, like, what did you guys think about that? And I think the first one does a pretty damn good job of being, like, your toys, your favorite toy, your, your, your toys are more than your toys. It and bothered you, not, didn't it? No, no, I like that in one. I thought that was such a good... I thought it was really great in one. And then you went, as they grew and expanded, the, the human element became less and less important. Four was reaching a little bit. So my question to myself this week is, why is it that whenever I could watch, I have Disney Plus now, I can watch anything I want. Why do I never turn to these Toy Story movies? Why haven't I rewatched any? Why did I not even care that I hadn't seen Toy Story 3? And so I watched I rewatched Toy Story 4, because Chloe hadn't seen it. And so we watched it and we laughed our ass off. We had such a good time. So then we rewatched three. Or maybe we did another order. It doesn't matter. We were at three, and the whole time I was. This is what I said after every scene. Can you imagine walking in right now, and this is your toys? And I, I don't know why it was so hard for me to break the concept, even though I know they're brilliant movies. I know they're perfect movies. I know when I have a kid, and my kid has toys, assuming I can afford it all, like it's all going to be great, and I, I'm going to have other feelings about it because as a parent, you know, your kid starts getting obsessed with toys that are seem inanimate or meaningless, but they actually carry this long-term weight. I know that it's going to change. Right now, where I am, I'm watching these John Wick movies. <laughs> I'm watching these John Wick movies and I'm seeing movies that I want to see five, six, seven, eight times. <laughs> if, if you told me right now that there was a John Wick video game, I would buy whatever system is coming it, out dude. on. Say it, say it officially. What are you voting for? Over Toy Story. If you, said, if you said there was a Forky spinoff, I would go, cool, which they already have because they have like the little clips on Disney+. Plus. If you told me there was a Continental spinoff in John Wick where it was just about the guy who's the front desk manager at the <laughs> Continental. If it was his backstory, I'd watch the whole fucking movie. The Adjudicator Training. If there was a series just about, it was like G.I. Jane for Adjudicator Training. Lance Reddick. It is just about, I'm telling you, I'd watch the entire series. Also, shout out, they cast the guy who played Pa in Once on Broadway. He was the guy who, he said, I'll have a dinner reservation and a guy shows up ready to take dead bodies out of a home. Guy's a Broadway actor, big star. I'm Dave, I'm so sorry, man. You get the hot seat. I Jeff, I'm, I don't know what it is. Say I don't it officially. Know what it is. I want to hear you say it officially. No, I know the Toy Stories are perfect. I'm 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 definitely 100 on voting for John Wick. Woo! John Wick, I've been thinking baby. about this all Ooh. week, and the whole week Ooh. I was like, why am I? Why do I want to vote John Wick over Toy Story? I don't understand. I know Toy Stories are perfect. We've talked about it. I have little to say. It. It's just for some reason the concept when it comes down to it. Andy, leave your kid. Leave your toys. Go to college. Leave your toys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Grow the fuck up, Andy. What the fuck are you Please doing, have sex dude? In college. <laughs> Please like... get laid, dude. Don't bring your fucking fluff stuffed cowboy from your fucking six year old. And again, if I found out that my toy left me a note and said, Don't worry, Jeff, I'll be fine. Just give me to your neighbor, I would run out my window on my second I'm on a second floor, I'd run right out the window. Like if I found out that my toy did that. And I know for some reason where I am right now in my life. I can't get over that. And John Wick, I'm 100% in every single element, every single bit. All right, so Dave, we're one and one right now. We are one and one. We have one vote one for Toy one. Story, one vote for John Wick. That means it's coming down to our buddy Dave is going to decide what moves forward. Tell me where your head and your heart is at. I'm mad. What are you mad about? What are you, what are you really angry about? Mad. I'm I'm mad because like we've got Toy Story who like def- redefined animation for an entire new generation. It created yeah. an entire new genre of movies. Yeah. And 
introduced all this wonderful technology and stuff. Yeah. And then you've got John Wick, which is violent and has some of the best stunt work I've seen in years and, you know, all this really imaginative filmmaking and that sort of thing. And you fuck knuckles put it in the same bracket. These two movies have no fucking business we, being the same fucking bracket. We did bracket, this on purpose. Knuckles. We did this on purpose. We have Die Hard against Harry Potter coming up. We did this on purpose. <laughs> I, I I sat I sat through Toy Story and I sat through all four of them and I gave it a score of seventeen. Seventeen. And then I sat through random meaningless X's. <laughs> and I sat through John Wick, and I gave John Wick a score of seventeen. Oh, oh my god! Dude. Oh my god! So. Fuck you guys. I propose that both of these decided? move on and we introduce a wild card. Oh, that's the proposition. Jay, this is why you want it to go last. Two oh. movies move on. And I I think we throw it to our listeners. What have we missed that you want to see included? Oh, my God. Mm. Jesus Christ. And Dave. also get fucked for doing this in the first place. Dave, are you? <laughs> wait, are you? Are you? I didn't screen record this. I forgot because I was eating my food. Oh, we have no visual evidence of this. Oh, my God. Okay. Hold on. Okay, so you want to know. No, I'm insisting both of these go through. They both have two each. Both of these move forward and we introduce a wild card. A wild card round. When do you want to introduce a wild card and will it it immediately go up against both of these in a three-way? And only one comes out alive? (laughs) John Wick, Woody, and Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. If we if we throw out, uh, you know, two extra slots. Hmm. I'm not opposed to it. I I think we should do it. I think there there were some other very what good points made in some very very hostile internet posts about movies that we missed. Right, this is okay. the only this thing. This is the, the only thing I'll say about this. This is the only thing I'll say about this. I don't see, my only problem with it is that I don't see John Wick or Toy Story coming out on top of this competition. I don't see one of them taking the prize. I think I'm not that looking at either it in terms one of the competition. Them... I'm not, you, when you're in a sports bracket, you don't judge based on the whole competition. You're based on who won that round. And none of them won that round in my book. <laughs> is this literally no business being together? There's no business being together in the first Your place. fucking exes landed on the same number. <laughs> Did you just give no, up? No, it's because I enjoy these movies equally for two completely different fucking reasons. Wait, wait. Two totally different genres. One is for your inner child and the other one is for your inner asshole. That was me last week and I had to make a choice. Hold on, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Dave here, and I'm going to say this. Here we go. We're talking about the full series. Godfather, that trilo- that we, we talked about this, the first two are perfect, the third one's tough. And then Star Wars, the, the original three are perfect. One through three have like one movie's worth of great content and the three of them. And then Buzz seven him. through nine are not good. Yeah, shit. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, here's, the, here's the real question. We did not have the Dark Knight trilogy. We did not have Indiana Jones. We did not have Rocky. We did not have Bond or Bourne. The Mummy. I'm going to shout out The Mummy, even though it has no chance. Fuck yeah, The Mummy. (laughs) Anyway. Let's be shouting out The Mummy. Anyway, here's the thing. Drink for The Mummy. Drink for The Mummy, dude. Drink for The Mummy. Here's what I bought. I'm going to one-up Dave here. Are you ready? The Godfather and Star Wars were contentious. What if we keep 
what, what if we put the Godfather and the Star Wars into that round so that we get a buy? Because what's going to happen now is the numbers are going to be off if we introduce new movies, right? So what if these two movies advance, we bring in two series, and then we, we allow Godfather and Star Wars to be like reseated in a way? You know what I mean? So like I, what you're saying is I don't know if Toy Story is going to beat Lord of the Rings, but Star Wars, you'd be fucking happy to vote either of these over Star Wars. So, so like just, what just if we, even the ones that advanced, even the ones that advanced, they're with the yeah, they're all still in the pot in a way. So just like explain this. All, no, I just, I explain just explain it. Throw it out the fucking rule book. Explain it technically <laughs> to me. Will the two we need ones even that we introduce, will the two new ones that we introduce go up against each other or will they go up against Toy Story or John Wick. They're not going to go up against John Wick. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think that's a good thing. So we we have to introduce two. Yeah. But but here's what – sorry. I'm getting confusing. What I meant to you, John – We don't necessarily need to make that choice. We can leave that up to the people listening. True. True. To your point, John, um, you said you don't see this thing taking the whole prize. But we need to take Lord of the Rings and just put it off to the side. Because both of these, bo- no, we should, because both of these movies would probably advance over the Godfather trilogy, not the first two, the trilogy, and the Star Wars saga, the nine movies, including the last three. We would probably advance these two. So these two actually probably should be a, a two and a three seed over the Godfather Star Wars. So in that argument, maybe they should be thrown in the pot with the Dark Knight trilogy, which also could be a top three seed. Maybe we Can I be honest this- with you? Can I be honest with you? I'm really just upset because Dom and the family should have advanced. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to let fucking John Wick advance and not the fucking Fast and the Furious. All right. I am down for this. I am down for this. It could be fun. We can get the listeners involved. We'll bring in two new picks and we'll add a bracket. That's basically what we're going to do, right? Yes. Yeah, because because we're gonna have That's to give like Lord of the Rings a buy, basically, and and maybe we'll even vote to just separately to give one of these two a buy, so that way it's basically like a, a final ten, you because know, the numbers are off. We've chose sixteen for the numbers, yeah. so I think there's a way. I think there's a way that we can reseed it if both of these go on. We throw in two new movie series to keep it an even number, and then we. we All then right, we guys, you heard it here. We were at a fucking stalemate. And Dave Green said, "Fuck you. We're gonna take them both forward because I don't. I don't want to have to split this, this shit." Though. This is the one superhero card you get, Dave. This is the one superhero <laughs> card you get. Yeah, hold on. Wait. All right, this that brings up. Oh, wait, 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 wait. All right. Does that mean that Jeff and I get to do this at least once? No, no. I don't <laughs> want to. Weeks. I refuse to. I refuse to. Okay. Truly, okay. Truly we got. got there is, no. We got a whole bunch of shit for our list. So this is probably the most creative yeah. way to add to to our <laughs> list because people fucking hate our list, dude. We we yeah. are getting destroyed on the internet for our shitty so list. Every, everybody who came out bagging the fuck out of us for our list, you better represent this week. Because I yeah, come on, honestly, come out at, at the love <laughs> yeah. of cinema pod. Get a, get us some, give us your votes. Let me see. We're gonna That's post. Right. We're gonna and put we're, a post out there. Us, literally give us a review asking. As well. Give us a review, but we're gonna put a post out there on Instagram and Twitter, literally asking for two new seats. We're gonna make sure that gets posted soon this week, and we're gonna check those responses out. And based on that and our votes, we are gonna be picking two new seats. You heard it here, folks. We did not do that. That was completely on the spot. We did not talk about that at all. 
I had no idea that was going to fucking happen. Yeah, and it's all because of Dave's fucking test that he does. It's like Dave's whatever. fucking bullshit X test. What is the X test? What the fuck is a fuck your X test? This was a this was a seventeen to seven. So if I just man, I wish I just saw these movies and just said Toy Story, but I can't. I can't do it. I, I ugh. no. I'm I mean, glad the only reason happened. this was I'm made glad, possible because you disagreed. I'm glad we were split. I thought we were all gonna I warm can't our hearts help it. up I'm, and go for Toy Story. I am dying for John Wick Four. I hope Toy Story doesn't <laughs> Jeff, make a five. I Jeff, I didn't ask you this. Did you watch them for the first time for this? Which ones? John Wick's. No, I actually I saw two the year it came out with our friends Alex Pepper and Sarah Lynn Pepper. Shout okay. out friends of the pod. Um, I so after I saw two the year it came out. Um, I, I rewatched one then, but I had not seen three until this week, which is on HBO Go. It, yeah. So three was three was new to me, and, and three I watched on Easter morning as the conclusion of the series, and I was just like, oh, I own yeah. all three of these. Parabellum. Oh, I I bought them. Should we should we tell them what Parabellum means, or do they have to earn that delicious little Latin treat? I think no, it was I, it was I like let them let them have it. it. It was a real. It's not a big deal. It was a really nice little little thing to unwrap well you've got time listeners because apparently he's not fucking going anywhere we're gonna john wick is coming back dude woody and the gang and john wick ian mcshane the continental Man. they're not going anywhere Bold we have some work Bold to do <laughs> so right just clarify for me really fast you guys just for me and the listeners next week are we still on track or are we yeah doing we're still on the track new... yes. this is wait, the wait, first wait. round yeah so we'll the get two, through the first round when are we doing these two new ones in the next bracket in the next round, yeah. there are two additions well, yeah. to the next yeah. round who will go straight yes. to the next round. Well, we'll help. Yes. If the listeners have it, but I'll either reseed or I'll give one and two a buy or, some, or a Lord of the Rings and then something else a buy. And then okay. we'll have 10. So we'll have two and eight, etc. Cool. All right, Jeff, why don't you, you already kind of mentioned it, but just to clarify for us, let us know next what's week. happening next week. Where are we moving? I haven't mentioned here? it yet. I haven't mentioned it yet. I mentioned Harry Potter and Die Hard, but that's in two weeks. That's in two next weeks. Week, excuse me. Harry Potter's our six seed, our five seed. This is gonna, guys. This is gonna be a good week. I'm, <laughs> I, I have, I have some work to do on our twelve seed. The twelve seed is Star Trek. I have work to do on Star Trek. And just I to work. clarify, are we doing all the motion pictures of Star Trek? Dave, that's a Dave all question. All generations. Because I have been watching all the movies of the old generations and the next generation, and I have already seen the reboots. So I'm ready to go, bitch. But I don't know if yeah, you guys are just 13, counting the reboots. 13 films. 13 films. Fuck yeah, dude. We're counting all of them. All right. I have work to do. I have, I have work to do. On this Jeff, I've seen all the JJs. Listeners, Jeff, most of the old ones are on Hulu right now. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. Great. I'm so glad I got the Disney Plus extension. Um, and then... So Star Trek is our 12 seed, 13 films, Star Trek, that includes the J.J. movies. Our five seed is actually probably what should be our two seed, which is the Back to the Future trilogy. The nice. Back to the Future trilogy yeah. is our Hello, five seed. Hello, McFly. I'm be, Hello. I'm going to be fucking torn about this one. This is going to be tough for Dave. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Man, this, yeah. this, should, this, should, this should be our two seed, right? Like, Or maybe even the Dark Knight, which is in on our list, should be a two seed. I know I, I just said that. I just asked you, are we really going to put three films up against 13 films? <laughs> that's Is that fair? That's, Should we just that's do the what reboots? We, if Star Wars was just the original four, it might win. I was just, sorry. Well, four, five, six. If it was, this is what happens when we drink during a podcast. Yeah, but, yeah, but it, it made Star sense Wars with Star just, Wars. But it made geez, sense with Star Wars because it was up against eight films. 
It was nine versus eight. That was okay with me. Yeah, but The Lord of the Rings is only three films, but it should be nine. It should be nine yeah. films. Yeah, so it's still, <laughs> given, still a I monster. Mean, given, some of, given some of the Star Trek films, um, I feel like it's a safe argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're rambling. Uh, we're rambling. All right, we're getting we're into it. we Star Trek. You're right. We are going to be back next week. We are going to be talking about fucking Star Trek, all fucking 13 of them. That's right. And back to the future. Are you excited? We're excited. We had too much fun. John Wick and Toy Story are moving on. We're going to be introducing two new ones. Get ready, you fucks. We'll see you next time. Never happening again. Never happening again. Also, 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 Jeff. Yeah. That's Joel Cohen. No! Cut the Joel Cohen stuff out. Cut it out. We'll see you next week, bitches. Bye.